The AHL schedule is out, and the San Diego Gulls have a full 72-game schedule on the docket. Also, who could be on their roster, and what are some possible lines for the Ducks AHL affiliate? We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. And I'd like to thank you all for making this your first listen of the day. Also, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, and now also on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe on the YouTube side as well. We have special guests sometimes, and those are always fun to watch. So definitely check that out. Folks, it's AHL Schedule Release Day, one of my favorite days of the year, because that means I finally get to make out my schedule for the upcoming season. On a personal note, it's a little more important for me this year, because I get to plan out my trip in anticipation for the New York City Marathon that I have the honor of running later this fall. And that will complete the majors in this country. I've done Boston, Chicago. Now I get to do the New York Marathon coming up later this fall. I think it's the first weekend of November. So I really cannot wait for that. Okay, let's get right into it. The AHL schedule is out and the San Diego goals schedule is out. So let's talk about the goals schedule first before we get into all the other stuff as far as the AHL is concerned. First, for San Diego, they start their season in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They have a two-game set Friday the 14th and Saturday the 15th. That's October, by the way. So October 14th, 15th, they will be at Grand Rapids, Michigan, taking on the Griffins. The first home game for the San Diego Gulls is Friday, October 21st. 7 p.m. against the Ontario Reign. And this is kind of an interesting, like just looking at this entire schedule, it's real interesting that there's only four road, like the longest road trip is four games. That's it. Just four games. And going through the schedule, a home and home against Ontario, October 21st and 22nd, it's a Friday and Saturday. Then they play Colorado. Then they have a couple against Abbotsford. Their longest road trip they have twice. And this is kind of a weird one. They have December 30th. That's New Year's Eve Eve at Henderson. And by the way, if you haven't checked out the Henderson Silver Knights schedule release video, it's amazing. You guys need to to check that out. I retweeted it on my personal Twitter, which is at StimpyJD. And I also retweeted it on the Locked on Ducks Twitter, which is at LO underscore Ducks. The Henderson Silver Knights, fantastic job trolling pretty much every other team in the division, especially trolling the Calgary, what's their names? I don't know what their name's going to be, but hey, they're coming to town December 2nd and 3rd, Friday and Saturday. So that's kind of neat to see Calgary's new whatever that team is going to be. So there's a two-game set at Henderson, December 30th, and New Year's Day. There's a New Year's Day hockey game Right here in Henderson, Nevada, just to give you an idea of where I'm at. I'm on location. I'm in Nevada. So, yeah, check out those two games. That New Year's game, by the way, is a 2 o'clock start 
at the new Henderson Arena. Okay, that's a thing that's happening. Then they go on the road at Milwaukee, at the University of Milwaukee, or University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Panther Arena, which is across the street from the Pfizer Arena in downtown Milwaukee. That's where the Admirals play. So that's a little four-game set. Then another four-game set, but this one is kind of closer to home. You have, starting January 14th through the following weekend, you have at Ontario, at Bakersfield, at San Jose, then at Coachella Valley or at Palm Springs. So a nice little four-game set there. Their longest home stretch is also four games. They do that against Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, Tucson, Coachella Valley. That's in November. So really an interesting schedule. And I want to point out a couple things. They do play all nine. Yes, you heard that right. Nine other teams in the Pacific Division. So yes, the San Diego Gulls are part of a 10-team division. Let me repeat that for those of you that just didn't understand. A 10-team division for the Pacific Division in the American Hockey League, that is a little bit bizarre. It's assuredly weird. And for those of you in the other divisions, yes, that's kind of meant on purpose. You have seven teams in the Central. You have the North. You have the East. You have those other divisions that have less teams. Despite the fact it's a full 72-game slate, this is the first time we've had a full slate of games in the Pacific Division since, well, ever. Usually we have a 66 or 68-game season. Now that it's 72 games, that's 36 home games, which is a big advantage for the Pacific Division. And frankly, I think the league wanted that because they saw that some of the biggest attendance goers in the American Hockey League are right in this region. Henderson is going to get a big boost with their new arena down the road. You have the Ontario Reign. They constantly get a large number of fans. And of course, San Diego. Once again, the, the Gulls fans are amazing. They come out in full support. And I, I love it. So I think the league knows what they're doing. They know that this is a gate-driven league. So you've got to have a lot of those home games for San Diego. More of them is better. Um, also, another thing I want to point out. Nine other Pacific Division foes and three teams from the Central Division. So I'll point those out. At Grand Rapids to start the season, I talked about that. At home against Milwaukee. So I, I am going to miss a couple of goals games there. November 4th and 5th against the Milwaukee Admirals. So I uh, get to miss that. Oh, well. Then at home against Grand Rapids, Friday and Saturday, November 18th and 19th. So that's the Griffins coming to town once again. The last time the Griffins were in town was back in 2018, 2019. Actually, it was 2019. Jimmy Howard. Yes, that Jimmy Howard was in net for the Grand Rapids Griffins the last time they were in San Diego. So a little bit of a trivia there. They play Calgary December 2nd and 3rd. That's the first time the Calgary no-names come to town. Then they're at Calgary for two. Others to point out. At Milwaukee, I talked about right now. Then you have <laughs> a, a new team that we haven't seen in a long time. The Iowa Wild are coming back to San Diego. They play March 18th and March 21st. So Iowa has an interesting set. They play at San Diego. Then they play at Coachella Valley up the road. Then they come back to San Diego. And those games are 
March 18th, and March 21st for Taco Tuesday. Yep, that's right. Taco Tuesday will be coming back to Pechanga Arena at San Diego. I love it, and I say this every year. Go check out a game at Pechanga Arena in San Diego. Great promotions, great crowds. Taco Tuesdays are back. You can't miss that. And finally, they're at Iowa. April 1st, no full in, and April 2nd. That's a Saturday and a Sunday. So that's a brief look at the schedule. I did post up the entire schedule on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. So you can check that out. Make your plans. Plan out your entire season. Especially for those of you in San Diego. And for those of you in Orange County or elsewhere in SoCal. Check out a game in San Diego. Check out the nights that the Anaheim Ducks are not playing. Make the drive down the I-5 to San Diego. And check out the future Ducks. All right, we're going to take a brief intermission, but first, let's talk about Built Bar, which is everyone's favorite protein bar. And folks, there are always new flavors coming here and there. You have the cookie dough. Yes, there's a cookie dough Built Puff now, which is amazing. You have the birthday cake Built Puff. You have s'mores Built Puffs, but still my favorite flavor is the churro puff. So check out the latest and greatest churro puffs. You have the Built Puffs, Built Bars, Built Boost, Built Go, Drink Enhancers. That is all fantastic. So if you want to check out any of the amazing Built products, head over to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I just talked about the goals schedule, but I want to talk about the AHL schedule as a whole because there's a lot to dissect from this AHL release. So first off, the season does begin on October 14th with a 10-game slate, and it finishes mid-April. Of course, We have to keep in mind that we are still living under COVID times, sort of, and games could always be postponed. So as of right now, the schedule says that April 16th will be the last game or last days for games of the season. Last season, obviously, it went all the way to like mid to late April. It got a little bit weird last season. Then you had that weird playoff format, which, by the way, it's coming back. The weird playoff is coming back, but it gets even weirder this season. Last season, there was 23 teams making the playoffs because there were 31 teams in the league. Therefore, eight teams would be out. This season, you ready for this? There's going to be an extended playoff Again, with 23 teams making the playoffs. So let me read this verbatim from the AHL site. The AHL Board of Governors has also approved the qualification rules and format for the 2023 Calder Cup playoffs. For the second consecutive season, a total of 23 teams will qualify for the AHL postseason. With five rounds of playoffs leading to the crowning of a Calder Cup champion. Okay, let's back up for a second. Now nine teams are missing the playoffs. Not eight. Nine. That includes three teams in the Pacific Division that will not make the playoffs. So the Pacific Division, 
kind of gets a little bit screwed on this one because you're going to have the top seven teams making it, but I understand why they're doing it. They're doing that. That way, the number one seed will have a premium and they will have a buy. So here's the playoff field for all the divisions. In the Atlantic division, the top six teams will advance in the eight-team division. So the bottom two teams don't make it. The top two teams get a playoff bye. So that's the Atlantic division. In the North and Central division, the top five finishers each advance in a seven-team division. So yeah, do the math. Eight, seven, seven, and ten. Sounds weird, doesn't it? So in those other two divisions, the North and the Central, top five teams make it. So the bottom two do not make it. The top three teams get a bye. And seeds four versus five will compete to take on the number one seed, which last season was the Chicago Wolves, who, by the way, congrats again to the Chicago Wolves for winning the Calder Cup last season. They will try to defend their crown. Then in the Pacific... This gets weird. Only the first place team gets a bye. I still don't know how I feel about that personally. I honestly thought there would be a little bit more realignment in the divisions because that was the rumor for the longest time. But as it stands right now, we're having uneven divisions, including 10 in this weird Pacific division. That includes the Tucson Roadrunners and the Colorado Eagles. And for a while, there was the rumor that the Eagles would, they'd go to the Central. No. No, that didn't happen. The Central Division only has seven teams. And honestly, it would have made more sense if the Colorado Eagles would have moved to the Central Division. That way you could have eight, seven, eight, and nine. It's not as lopsided. I mean, if there's nine teams in the Pacific, then it would still make sense to have seven teams advance. So at least it'd make more sense and you could have a 24-team playoff instead of this weird 23. So I don't know if this particular format is going to last. But we also found out that this could be the norm moving forward. And I don't think this was actually revealed in the schedule release, but that is the rumor that this expanded playoff format is likely going to stay. And part of that has to do with the Pacific Division teams. Part of this has to do with the fact that the league did lose money during the pandemic. And they're still trying to recoup some of that lost money. And more games means more revenue. And if you can get some of those bigger markets into the playoffs and give them possibly some playoff games, like, I don't know, like a San Diego, like an Ontario. Ontario made the playoffs. They're one of the biggest draws in the league. They got those extra two games against San Diego They got that one game against Colorado. Okay, whatever about that. And also, it's looking like the playoff format is going to try to change back to a more traditional format. So they're going to try to bring back the 2-2-1 instead of this weird, like, two games, three game set. It doesn't quite work out that way all the time. It did not work for the Ontario Reign. So I think I think that's one team that really got the short end of the stick. So, yeah, they got, I'm going to say it again, they got a little bit screwed on that. So that's the playoff format. Uh, Something else I want to point out, the All-Star Classic, which should happen, I hope, this coming season, 
will be at Laval, Quebec, Canada. The All-Star Classic will take place Sunday, February 5th and Monday, February 6th at Place Belle in Laval, Quebec, Canada. This was a city that was supposed to have the AHL All-Star Game twice. When it was in Ontario in 2020, that's when the announcement was made that Laval was going to get the 2021 All-Star Game. And I was like, I was super excited about that. I was already making plans for February 2021. Then the pandemic happened. So they had to postpone it from 2021 on that shortened season. Then we said, okay, let's make it in 2022. I was already getting ready to get an Airbnb, get a flight out there in 2022, and that didn't happen. This time, I'm I'm for sure going to try to make it out there. So I look forward to having some coverage, hopefully, out in Laval on February 2023. That's the AHL Classic, and that is the first time that we have had an AHL All-Star Classic since Ontario. It's been that long since we've had an AHL All-Star game. And that's one that I always look forward to because those players love to be there. And the skills competition is much more of a traditional skills competition, which I love watching in person. So once again, that takes place first weekend of February in Laval. Also something to point out as far as the league is concerned in the division, we got some new arenas to look forward to. I might visit there during this trip, but the Henderson Silver Knights, they have a new fancy arena, so that's going to be cool to check out. Of course, you have the Coachella Valley Firebirds with their new arena, which I will talk about momentarily. San Jose Barracuda, they play at the Tech CU Arena in San Jose. So I talked about Coachella Valley for a brief moment. They're not going to start their season in Palm Springs because the arena is not done and will not be done in time. So here's what's going on. The Coachella Valley Firebirds, they're going to start off on the road. Then, you ready for this? Then they have four home games in Seattle, Washington with a venue to be announced. So just looking at the Coachella Valley schedule as I kind of scroll through that, Coachella Valley starts off at Calgary. How about that? So the two newest teams face off against each other. That season opener will be at Calgary. Then they play four home games at Seattle. Two against Abbotsford, two against Calgary. Then they have a 16-game road trip. Hmm, a double-digit road trip to start the season. Does that sound familiar, Coyotes? (laughs) Yeah, get a load of this. At Abbotsford twice, at Tucson twice, at Colorado twice, at Calgary twice, at San Diego, at Henderson twice, at San Jose, at Bakersfield, at Tucson twice again, and at San Diego. The first home game for the new Coachella Valley Firebirds at their new shiny arena will be December 18th. That's a Sunday against the Tucson Roadrunners. Then their second game is two days later on the 20th. So that will be at the new arena, the Acrisure Arena in Thousand Palms, California, which is right on the fringe border of Palm Springs. So that's a look at the Firebirds. All right, we're going to take a brief intermission. And when we return, I'll talk about some possible lines and possible lineups for the San Diego goals. We'll get to that on the other side.
welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we're here on AHL schedule release day and I'm here on location. So, hey, do check out the YouTube, check out the podcast, wherever podcasts can be heard. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. All right. So let's talk about the goals for a little bit, shall we? Again. They recently made a bunch of signings, and I talked about that on the last podcast. Last time we talked, I talked about the five recent signings, technically six, that the Ducks made. Most of those guys will likely end up in San Diego. So let's talk about the forwards first. You're going to have probably Blake McLaughlin come back. You're going to have Bryce Kendop back. You're going to have Jacob Perrault back. He will be 20. Whether he makes the Ducks, we're not sure. Braden Tracy, could he make the Ducks? We're not sure. Then you have Sasha Pasujov, who's likely going to go back to juniors. And then you have the newest additions. You have Justin Kirkland. Daniel Regan's going to come back. Glenn Gaudin. Chase DeLeo. Yep, they're all they're all coming. Yeah, it's good to see Chase DeLeo back. Now, as far as other forwards, you have Bo Grew. You have Hunter Drew. Yes, former defenseman Hunter Drew. Max Galode. Pavel Regenda. Yeah, they have a slew of forwards that they could possibly move around. And some of those are heavy, heavy scorers. So when I talked to John Broad with John Broadman about this last time, we kind of pointed out which players we think were going to be first, second line. Obviously, that has changed with the five new signings. I'm inclined to think that now that Alex Limoges is gone. From the goals and really sad to see Alex Limoges go by the way. Chase DeLeo could probably slot in that first line easily because he made a name for himself last season in Utica and we know he's always been a terrific goal scorer. So if he doesn't make the Ducks and again I say this a lot that's if they do not make the Ducks. Prospectively Chase DeLeo could be that first line center for San Diego which has got to excite the fans down there tremendously. Also keep in mind, the Ducks haven't signed everyone yet. They still have $9 million left in cap space. They're going to get some more players, which means we're likely going to see, I would think, Chase DeLeo probably on a wing. Danny O'Regan could be a first-line center. And as far as another winger, you know who I like as another winger is Jacob Perot, and that's if he does not make the Ducks. I also really like having... This is going to sound weird. I like having Glenn Gaudin up in that second line. And again, that's if he doesn't make the Ducks. I like his style of play. I like his tenacity. And you could always use a physical presence that can score up in that second line. So right now, my top six would be DeLeo, Perot, Tracy, O'Regan, Gaudin, and Gru. That would be my possible top six for the San Diego goals. And I like McLaughlin a lot, so I could see McLaughlin getting in third line. I could see Kendop getting in third line, third line on the other side. As far as third line center, hmm, you might have to bring Gaudin down to third line center. So I might have to take that back and change it. You might have to put Gaudin at third line center if Bogru is the 2C and Delio's the 1C. So that has to probably switch around. Kirkland, I could see maybe move up on that second line or maybe third line because Justin Kirkland 
when he was with Stockton. He would normally be on that second line because he would provide scoring. So that's where I could see him ending up. As far as other possibilities, you could have Gaload on the third or fourth line. Hunter Drew, I, I want to keep on the third or fourth line. You want to have that depth on forward. And Hunter Drew can score. He really can, folks. So make sure to keep an eye out for him. And finally, on defense, uh, defensive pairings. This could be a little bit tricky for me because, as I always say, who will make the Ducks? Who won't? Pavel Mintyakov. He's going to go down to junior, so I wouldn't look for him to be a goal. Same with Olin Zellweger. I would expect Zellweger to stick around on juniors for another season. Which means the goals technically only have six defensemen and that's it. You have John Moore, Drew Hellison, Axel Anderson, Colton White, Austin Strand, who they just picked up from the rain, and Simon Benoit, who is currently a restricted free agent. They need to re-sign him soon. So if it is those six on defense then who would be your top pair? You know, Strand could be a top pair. He really could. I, I know you don't want to hear that, but he could. Uh, also not on the roster yet is the other half of the Carrick brothers, Trevor Carrick. So we still need to see if the goals are going to make any more signings coming up. There are still some free agents out there that are there for the taking. And there's some good top tier defensemen out there as far as minor leagues go so as of right now i would put strand in that first and that top pairing along with gosh i don't know maybe a colton white and that's if colton white doesn't make the ducks either see this is all still really tricky to project because the ducks and goals are not done signing it that that's what makes doing this tough they're still Money to be spent for the Ducks and the Gulls. They still have $9 million to reach the cap floor. They haven't come close to that. So these are just projections for now. But as the Ducks make more signings, we'll see who they wind up with and we'll see where they go. All right. I think that's it. I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, among others. Don't forget that you could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a good day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.